This is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 268 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from April 16th, 2019, titled The CEO Leading the Culture Change at ZSFGH, which is Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. Now, yesterday I blogged and the last episode of the podcast was about a chief nursing officer who was changing the culture at a hospital away from uh, shifting away from blaming individual nurses for system problems. So the health leaders article I wrote about didn't talk about lean per se, but that single idea about moving away from blame is probably one of the most powerful notions from the Toyota production system, which was influenced heavily by W. Edwards Deming and his views on this. Deming said the CEO and senior leaders are responsible for the system. And the system includes the culture and management system of an organization. Now, back in January, I blogged about some concerns that had been brought up by the unions at uh, Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital about overwork and how lean should be. I wrote about how lean should be part of the solution to that longstanding problem. Now, today I'm writing about another view from an article that was co-authored by our friend Dr. John Toussaint and the CEO of Zuckerberg Hospital, Dr. Susan Ehrlich. And in this article, um, that the title of their article from the New England Journal of Medicine Catalyst uh, website says, changing leadership behavior gets real results. Um, so again, as I blogged about yesterday, new leadership behaviors, well, sometimes as a result of getting a new leader can make a huge difference for an organization. This is true during my time at General Motors, and I've seen it in healthcare. In some cases, as Toussaint has talked and written about a lot, he was able to change his own behaviors away from what he calls white coat leadership. Now, I don't know Dr. Ehrlich, so I'll presume that Toussaint is co-authoring with her because she is going through that personal leadership transformation herself, and, and that's something that takes time for anybody. It's not like flipping a light switch. I mean, you're not a quote-unquote lean leader or a not lean leader in some strictly binary way. So the article begins, and, and again, you can find links um, to all of this by going to leanblog.org slash audio 268. Their article begins, the behavior of senior executives, and especially the CEO, is known to be directly related to an organization's performance. So that's all the more reason for executives to stop blaming employees for bad results. You know, transformation starts by looking in the mirror. Lean isn't about training or certifying or fixing the frontline staff. Culture change starts at the top. Now, I agree with their assessment of, of history and what's, what's too often still the current state in healthcare organizations. They write, healthcare has been slow to adopt modern management principles. Most healthcare organizations are still managed in a traditional autocratic style that does not allow for much worker input. The manager or leader makes most decisions and tells everyone what to do, end of quote. So if that autocratic model worked, then healthcare wouldn't have the problems it has today, including major patient safety and quality issues. Again, Toussaint and Ehrlich write, many hospitals around the world are building a different management system to combat this unacceptable medical error rate. Leaders are taking lessons from world-class manufacturing and software companies to build systems that transfer decision-making to those who do the actual work. Now, I don't know if transfer is really the right word to use about decision-making or, you know, leaders can better engage and involve those who do the actual work in decision-making and problem-solving. But the reality is that the frontline staff can't fix the bigger systemic problems that interfere with them providing ideal care. 
Nurses and other frontline staff can make small Kaizen improvements in the details of how their work is done. They can also participate in broader value stream improvements. But nurses are powerless to fix things like chronic understaffing, bulky computer systems, or bad business models. Now, as I've heard John Shook, you know, formerly of Toyota and now with the Lean Enterprise Institute, describes it, uh, lean leadership is neither completely top-down nor is it completely bottom-up. It's a blended model of delegation and empowerment along with servant leadership. There are some problems only senior leadership can fix. As Daryl Wilburn, formerly of Toyota, says, Leaders are responsible for providing a system in which people can be successful. Toussaint Nerlick Wright, going back to their article, in manufacturing, frontline workers have clear expectations that any problem identified in quality or workflow is their responsibility. The workers suggest ideas, test them, and make changes in real time. So again, I, I don't think that's really completely true. When they say any problem, maybe that should read many problems, many of the problems. It's critically important to involve frontline staff, but again, they can't do it all. Now, research from Robinson and Schroeder shows that about 80% of improvement results in an organization come from small Kaizen improvements. In other words, they come from frontline staff and managers tweaking and refining the process they work in. So frontline staff can do a lot if the organization and its leaders create an environment where it's safe to speak up about problems and they're given time to fix them. Now, Toussaint and Ehrlich's description of the current state seems accurate, unfortunately, in, uh, in many organizations that I've seen, where they say, in healthcare, on the other hand, a nurse with an idea to improve the patient experience typically keeps it to herself, knowing it would need to go through layers of management. It's just not worth her time. So one of the hospitals featured in the health leaders piece that I blogged about yesterday identified a systemic reason why the hospital had trouble filling open nursing positions. They had a policy that said, they'd only hire nurses with experience. Frontline staff couldn't change that policy, only the CNO could. And I understand why people would stop speaking up when they're neither empowered nor supported by leaders. Professor Ethan Burris writes about the futility factor as the biggest reason why employees don't use their voice in the workplace. Toussaint and Ehrlich again write uh, from their article, but for traditional healthcare managers, relinquishing responsibility for problem solving to the people closest to the work is hard to swallow. It requires a new way, a different way of behaving. Now, again, I don't think it's a matter of relinquishing responsibility. Leaders can delegate problem solving work in, in many cases, but they don't give up responsibility for the results or for the system. Again, leaders can involve and engage more than they relinquish or abdicate. Strategy is one example, another example of something that can't be delegated to staff. Um, again, from their article, uh, the S, boy, this is a mouthful, ZSFGH adopted six True North goal areas, equity, safety, quality, care experience, workforce care and development, and financial stewardship, and decided how to measure each performance category. These measures are the hospital's must-do, can't-fail metrics for organizational performance. So I think that's great. I mean, that's an example of behaving and leading differently, you know, trying to gain alignment around those goals and supporting people in their improvement work. So I've heard Toussaint say this a lot, including in a video I've linked to, if organizations are to change, then leaders have to change. They say that in the article. So the hospital wants to encourage these behaviors, as it says in the article, 
willingness to change, leading with humility, curiosity of how things work, perseverance, self-discipline. So behaviors like that need to be modeled and demonstrated by the CEO, Dr. Ehrlich, and other leaders who work with her. Another key behavior described there is going to, quote unquote, the Gemba or the workplace to, as they say, observe, learn, and coach through open-ended questions and listening carefully. So I'll presume that Dr. Ehrlich is leading by example in all of those behaviors. I recently interviewed a healthcare CEO, Vance Jackson, in my interviews podcast series, episode 337, who talked about uh, the power of going to observe the work. The willingness to do this seems to be a rare trait in this field of, of healthcare, and that's, that's unfortunate. The article, uh, again, from Toussaint and Ehrlich, describes some of the lean management practices they've adopted and some of the improvements that they say are the result of those new behaviors. Some of those emergency department improvements are also detailed in another article that I've linked to. Um, again, and that's from the Journal of the American Medical Association, one of their sites. Um, you can find all of that. And if you want to comment about any of this, you can go to leanblog.org audio 268.